2: national security threat. The documents also indicate the FBI knew about the anti-Trump informant's possible role as a Russian spy, yet used a steel dossier to open a probe and justify FISA warrants to spy on the Trump campaign. Bob Agnew reporting.
3: The federal judges blocked Texas from eliminating straight-ticket voting in November. Voters will be allowed to choose one party's entire slate with the push of a button. This is SRN News. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. The death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg sends
0: the Democratic Party into a panic. They have let the crazy left drive their party. Join us for a program. Sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Every Saturday evening at 7 and Sunday nights at 11. Here on AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280 The Patriot will have the uh, first hour of the closing act. Brad Carlson's portion of the Northern Alliance Radio Network with special guest host Mitch Berg filling in for Brad today. Coming up here in just a moment, our September book of the month is Obsession Inside Democrats War on Trump by Byron York. You can win a signed copy of the book at am1280thepatriot.com. Just click on our fan club page. Looking at our forecast, we're going to have partly sunny skies, highs near 66. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM-1280, the Patriot Studios in Egan. here is the closer, Brad Carlson. I
2: be or n- not. No, I'm not Brad Carlson. I'm Mitch Berg. I'm in for Brad, who's off on assignment. Well, okay, he's not off on assignment per se. I uh, He filled in for me yesterday because I had... A late afternoon gig with my band Elephant in the Room. By the way, we're at St. Rose of I'm so I'm told it's pronounced Lima as in Lima, Peru. I thought it may have been Lima, Ohio. And so I I suppose it's possible there's a Catholic saint named after somebody in Lima, Peru. I, I, I don't know. Being being a Presbyterian, I'm not up on on the stories, but fine, St. Rose of Lima. By the way, it doesn't matter. It was a great uh, gig, a great bunch of people. We loved uh, playing there. It was their uh, fall party. And uh, while they were not a big dancing crowd, and I can't say I honestly expected to pack the dance floor uh, at a Catholic church uh, fall, end of summer, beginning of fall party, it was a lot of fun. Great room, great people, great uh, event. Uh, a lot of my friends made it there. A lot of you who listen to the show regularly, who read the blog regularly were there, and it was uh, great to see all of you. It was great to play. Uh, those of you out there who hadn't seen uh, the band yet and uh, hadn't been paying much attention, yeah, that's uh, both myself and former NARN producer Tommy, at uh, the H-Bomb win uh, in the band, as well as uh, the other guys, Tore John and Paul. Had a great time anyway. I'm glad, uh, thank, glad and thankful that all of you who made it there did make it there. The good, uh, just about a dozen of my friends showed up there uh, from via the blog and the show, and that's always a lot of fun. Great to see everyone out there. Anyway, oh yeah, my name is Mitch Berg. My blog shotinthedark.info, dark. Uh, Info, going on uh, eighteen years not No, going on nineteen years uh, as one of the Twin Cities leading well blogs. That's uh, anniversary coming up in February, just the day uh, before Reagan's birthday. Uh, That's the, no, day after? Day in between. My son's birthday, day before Reagan's birthday. That's it. That's right. Keep all those dates uh, straight here. Early February is a busy day in the world of Berg. Uh, My grandmother's birthday, uh, my late grandmother, who uh, was born on Groundhog Day. My son, uh, February 4th. Uh, My blog, February 5th. Ronald Reagan. Uh, which is an annual celebration in my household, uh, his birthday, uh, February 6th. I, I I, go to work that day. I'd normally uh, be thinking about taking a day off, but I will usually actually take that day to bring in a bowl of, of jelly beans and uh, some some history pieces on, on the role Ronald Reagan played in saving Western civilization, at least for a while. Uh, more on that as the program goes ahead here today. Anyway. On this show, I usually stay away from national issues. I usually focus heavily on Minnesota issues because, let's be honest, AM twelve A, the Patriot, the whole Salem chain of stations have some of the best national talk show hosts in the country on uh, on the air every day week weekdays Monday through Friday, and sometimes via reruns through the weekend. You got Hugh Hewitt, who covers the Beltway better than the Beltway does. You've got Mike Gallagher, you've got Dennis Prager, who's a public treasure. you've got Sebastian Gorka, and you've got the great Larry Elder on every afternoon. I mean with those, you hardly need some schnook from St. Paul covering national issues. I, I will do it occasionally, but the greatest service I can offer you, given that background every weekday, is to cover Minnesota in the same, or, perhaps even better, depth. And this, I certainly try to do, and this I will be doing on the show today. By the way, as part of that coverage, I'll be talking with Representative Eric Lucero from the uh, Greater Northwestern Suburban Area. Not about his campaign for office. I'm sure he's opposed. I'm sure he will win by well nigh a three digit margin, not three points, three digits. I mean, he's one of the great. That's one of the great bits of chagrin, by the way. I've I've had in my in my career on this show. Uh, when he was primarying uh, Dave Fitzsimmons, a great friend of this broadcast and of yours truly, I, I, I suspect I downplayed Representative Lucero's uh, chops just a little bit uh, to my great chagrin. He is one of the great standard bearers for conservatism in the Minnesota House, and that is in a House uh, Republican caucus that, for all of the palaver from the burn-it-all-down crowd, you know, that that means differently than it did a few years ago, uh, from the no-one-is-ever-good-enough uh, crowd, from the modern Republican Party in Minnesota is is just too squishy and rhino We have a lot of great conservatives in the Minnesota House. I mean, Lucero, Jim Nash, Mary Franson, uh, many more. Uh, they it's, it's a car. You can say what you want about Kurt Doubt. He's uh, there's there's pros and cons to him and anybody, by the way, who actually has to engage in negotiation with the other side as opposed to digging in their heels and declaring what th- what their virtue is, which you have the luxury of doing in the minority. So at any rate, uh, Eric Lucera, one of the great conservatives in the Minnesota House uh, caucus right now, and uh, we'll be talking with him not about his campaign. But about uh, his litigation against Secretary of State Simon for not the irregularities per se, but the let's just call a spade a spade and and say call them the planned irregularities in the upcoming election here. The vote by mail and especially the endless extended count, which uh, which, by the way, is currently uh, the secretary of state wants to have a week after Election Day to do the counting. And when we say counting, we mean recounting and adding more ballots to give them the victories the DFL wants. It's just, there's no two ways about it, folks. With all of this early voting, with all of this early mail- uh, voting by mail, there is no reason to extend uh, the, the time to count the election other than uh, to adjust counts to fit the DFL's wishes we have to be able to trust the institutions of our government. And given that Steve Simon is defying three court orders from three judgments that the secretary of state's office has lost in recent years from DFL leaning judges is as a general rule is proof that we really can't trust this particular institution. One of many institutions that one would be nuts to, trust carte blanche uh if at all uh in minnesota today anyway that's one of the minnesota issues i'll be covering today that's going to be an important one that'll be a uh, second hour uh representative eric lucero and uh perhaps some other guests as well as re- regarding the litigation against steve simon this is important stuff folks this is the end game if you i mean i, I shy away from things that even even give the faintest whiff of conspiracy theories off. I truly do, because conspiracy theories are the, the refuge of the intellectually lazy all too often. And most of the conspiracy theories you run into out there are just fairly bald-faced oversimplifications to, to give people who don't think that critically uh, something to cling on to as they deal with life's ambiguities. But there is no way, no rational way to look at Steve Simon's behavior and call it anything but fulfilling some of the more fervid sounding scenarios when it comes to Governor Waltz, his treatment of the epidemic and Steve Simon's behavior over this last couple of years. The idea that the the state of Minnesota, the Waltz administration, has been treating the COVID epidemic as a crisis not to be wasted, per the commandment of Rahm Emanuel, specifically to provide cover for gaming the election, to manipulate the election, to turn the DFL's metro area fraud machine loose on the election, to deny office to, uh, to, to deny access to, to their rights, to disenfranchise, frankly, half of the people of Minnesota. This is stuff where if it isn't answered transparently, honestly, and completely soon, is the sort of thing that's worth going to the barricades over. I'm not calling for violence, don't even go there. But it's time, to, if, if if the administration seizes our government from us, seizes self-government and our constitutional franchise from us via, for lack of any better term, the fraud machine, something's got to give. And freedom must not be it. Anyway, we'll be talking with Eric Lucero about that uh, after uh, sometime during the second hour here today. Uh, we'll be talking also about the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Again, a national issue, not something I normally cover. Also, uh, some of the journalism regarding the coverage of COVID and some of the, uh, let's just call it, uh, let's call it an inadvertent malaprop on the part of one of Minnesota's leading commentators that illustrates the extent to which the current political scene, especially in Ray the Media, is almost impossible to satirize. The line between satire and real life is so close as to be nearly meaningless. By the way, want to give us a call, 651-289-4488. You can also join me on Twitter at hashtag Narnshow. That's hashtag NARN show on Twitter operators are standing by uh, both places love to to hear from uh, both of you uh, also we're going to be talking about uh, well so oh the the there's so much to talk about here. the uh, the Amy Coney, Coney Barrett nomination has brought out as expected by the way i mean this is completely expected has brought out the absolute worst among the Trump deranged, and well, let's just face it, the progressives and by the way, this this reflects what you're right, you got it Berg's law. Berg's law covers the scenario ideally because that's what Berg's law does again, reflecting the nature of the fact that satire and reality have almost completely converged. Berg's laws in almost every respect started out as satire, started out as humor, perhaps, you be the judge, and have turned into reality, or what we are today pleased to call reality. Anyway, give me a call, 651-289-4488. Join us, won't you please, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere, we'll be right back.
0: Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 the Patriot with our free app, Your Smart Speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Where are we headed? Globalism? A new world order? A singular government power? If we yield over and decide that America is not unique, it's not special, it's not extraordinary. We no longer are the United States of America. We're just a piece of a bigger government. And what about prophecy? Is the United States of America part of God's great plan for the world? Now, a new documentary, Trump 2024, the world after Trump takes a look at what the world could look like in 2024, with or without President Trump. Trump 2024 features interviews with Franklin Graham, Mike Huckabee, Dennis Prager, and yours truly, Eric Metaxas. The Messiah will not arrive on Air Force One. Watch Trump 2024, the world after Trump on SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Trump 2024. Go to SalemNow.com to watch Trump 2024. SalemNow.com to watch Trump 2024 on demand.
1: Hey, here's a common question. What are you going to do with your life? What's next? For high school students, graduates, and working adults ready to learn new skills to start a new career or enhance their career, there's Salem Career Hub, online at SalemCareerHub.com. Prepare for the next step in your education. Get connected with top-ranked online schools and leading skills-based short-term training programs like full-stack software development from the co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak, to online XR programs, teaching hands-on vocational courses for HVAC, welding, plumbing, facilities management, electricians, solar, and more, all at a special reduced Salem Career Hub price. Better your life through education. Our team of education professionals are available to help you Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time. Just call 866 711 6275. 866 711 6275 or visit 247 SalemCareerHub.com. Is your pressure washer well maintained and in safe working order? From the burner to the pump, a
0: good pressure washer is designed to work well and be safe to operate. Worn hoses, scale buildup, and unloaders out of adjustment are all safety concerns. Give us a call today to find out what we can do for you. Buy local, buy quality. Visit AmericanPressure.com. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Bearingarms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self defense, the latest gear, and more. That's
1: Bearingarms.com. AM
2: 1280 The Patriots, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight the number to call. Join us, won't you please? By the way, I'm also on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, Show, and I will. Uh, we have operators standing by both places here. Anyway, uh, by the way, we had a caller who uh, called in offline, wanted to know why people gape getting applications to go vote in the mail. Uh, The answer is simple. We've got a lot of powerful interests in this state who want to make sure that every single person with a heartbeat and who can breathe over the age of 18, give or take, uh, is registered to vote so they can all uh, throw and send in a ballot. Uh, we also have those same interests, making sure that nobody can ever have their names purged from the polls. Although the Minnesota Voters' Alliance has made some excellent progress in litigating to remove, I don't know, the dead and the duplicate from from poll from uh, voter rolls, and that indeed may be why they're being so aggressive about getting uh, so many registrations out there to replenish the stockpile of potentially abusable. Uh, registrations out there. I mean, if you recall over the last 10, 12 years in this broadcast, certainly the last 10 years since the Minnesota Voters Alliance has been working on trying to prevent another 2008, uh, an- another recount fiasco, or perhaps you know, what, what may be developing now, much worse, uh, more deleterious to democracy fiasco. The, uh, the, the idea has been, we, we've been we're reporting on stories like uh, back in two thousand ten two thousand twelve the existence of massive registration fraud. Now, uh, re- registration people people being registered to vote in a lot of unlikely locations. Uh, the classic example was nine people being being registered to a laundromat. In some town in rural Minnesota, to which, or in outstate Minnesota, to which, I think it's outstate, maybe in the burbs, anyway, uh, to which progressives respond, well, they're just registrations. Registrations don't vote. Well, unless someone takes that registration, walks into a polling place where they're not required to present an ID of any kind, and say, oh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm Bart Fudd. And I'm uh, I'm registered at uh, one two three laundromat lane, or whatever the address of the uh, of of the laundromat was. And the polling worker looks at the name, sees a name, has no reason of knowing it's a fraud. It's, it's the name. It's a registration. Go ahead, vote. And and th- I mean, why do you think that people are going out and filling out all these? Fraudulent registrations. I mean, you think this is a prank that teenagers do for the fun of it? Anyway, th- that's why you're getting. Uh, they want to. They want to pump up the number of people who are registered, because the Democrats are worried, perhaps justifiably, about turnout. They see this as an election where Democrat turnout has to far surpass Republican turnout, because Trump voters are certainly engaged. The passion index in red states is high. Trump voters are engaged in everything except, so the thesis goes, polling or answering polls because most of the polls, well, many of the polls show Biden ahead still. We'll see. They're showing him ahead by the same rate uh, or roughly the same rates that uh, we're talking in your mainstream media polls. Showing him ahead by the same uh, margins that Hillary Clinton was ahead four years ago, so make it that what you will anyway. that's why you're getting them. It's in and of itself nothing illegal now if you register two, three, four times, hopefully there's a mechanism to keep uh, you sell, keep you from appearing many times on the on the rolls, hopefully. We'll have to talk with Eric Lucero about that. (laughs) In fact, if you're interested in uh, calling in, Eric would know as much about it as anyone, at least anyone we have on the show today, 651-289-4488. That will no doubt be part of the litigation coming up uh, that we're going to be talking with uh, Representative Lucero about. Anyway, yesterday, uh, President Trump, as expected by most of the smart money out there, uh, nominated Amy Coney Barrett to uh, replace Ruth Gator, uh, Bader Ginsburg as the uh, next Supreme Court justice nominee. And this is after weeks and weeks, well, a, a good solid week and a half of Sturm und Drang over whether or not it was okay for a president to nominate a Supreme Court justice during, a, during an election year, an election where it's entirely possible that uh, President Trump might not be around for the justice to take their seat which to some on the left is read as disenfranchisement of a potential majority. Now, this is complete bald-faced balderdash, and history proves it. The Constitution proves it. I mean, it's the job of the president, not a hypothetical future president, the president to fill vacancies in the Supreme Court. And it is the job of the Senate, not a hypothetical future Senate, but the Senate, to confirm or reject them. And up until 1987, they were very rarely rejected because the Senate realized that that, that it was a norm. It was a norm. And the the Senate Democrats changed that with Robert Bork. uh, Joe Biden instrumental in changing that, that ancient norm. But again, that's what happens with norms. They change over time. It has been a norm, we're told, for the president not to nominate Supreme Court justices during times when the legislative and executive situation may be changing in the imminent future. So we're told. It's complete baked wind, by the way. Over the last 240-odd years, 230-odd years, I guess, since the Constitution was enacted, 22 different presidents have faced a situation in which they needed to nominate a Supreme Court justice either during an election for their own office or during a lame duck session of Congress or during a lame duck period in, in the Senate 29 times over 22 different presidencies. And of those two, uh, 29 vacancies and 22 presidents. 29 vacancies were filled by those 22 presidents during that disputed time. The norm throughout all of American history is for presidents to do their job and nominate a nominee. And. For Senates to do their job and to advise and consent or deny consent to those nominees 29 times for 22 presidents going back to George Washington. So when you are told that this is not the norm, you know that you're being talked to by someone who is gets their news from the Daily Show. I mean, or something even worse. <laughs> and believe me, it doesn't get much worse than the Daily Show these days. That being said, your 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 compatriot won't be the only one getting terrible news, and giving the peop given the people passing the news around out there, it's not unsurprising in in any way. Uh, by the way, uh, I am in g- in general happy about the empo- appointment of of Amy Coney Barrett. David Harsanyi in National Review uh, yesterday had an excellent piece on the subject, uh, and I quote, it must have been quite disappointing for those who were expecting Amy Coney Barrett to appear in a red, red habit and veil to take the oath of subservience to the patriarchy. But Donald Trump said the nominee, along with her beautiful family, both gave uh, fine speeches. Was the Trump presidency worth it? This is the big question for me. Was the Trump presidency worth it for conservatives? History will tell. Considering the accelerating radicalism of the modern left evident in the feverish reaction to Barrett's nomination, the court is clearly going to be more important than it has been in years. And and right there, there you have it. By the way, that's become the big left's favorite meme about Amy Coney Barrett, and it would have been about any conservative woman nominated, is is comparison to, to Margaret Atwood's novel. And the specious, facile HBO series based on it, The Handmaid's Tale, in in a set in a future world. By the way, there was another movie about it made in the nineteen nineties that was equally facile, but better, starring Natasha Richardson. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, This is it's a fictional, obviously novel, leading to even more fictional miniseries about a world where some. Disaster has left most of, uh, most of female humanity unable to bear children, leading to a small class of women who are, are able to conceive, and the ritualization of that fact by an evil patriarchy who uh, basically enslaves women. And then this is used as a metaphor by modern progressive feminism as, as a metaphor for everybody who doesn't call themselves a capital F Feminist. And I think – I find it interesting. And, and by the way, they, they use as evidence of the for this metaphor – and by the way, I say evidence with scare quotes around it, fully intended – that uh, evidence of this handmaiden-tailiness is the fact that uh, Amy Coney Barrett is a member of a Catholic organization that uh, is quite traditional. It tre- preaches the notion that that uh, men are the, the – heads of their various households and among other things that are that are anathema to uh, to progressives Uh, also very pro-life she's a father of seven including a mother of seven including two adopted Haitian children which has brought up another level of lunacy we'll discuss in a moment here but I found it interesting that if the if if Amy Coney Barrett has made herself subject to the patriarchy that she's Given that she's a leading jurist, a highly accomplished woman, a uh, candidate for the Supreme Court of the United States, the patriarchy seems to be doing a really terrible job of keeping her down, and that virtually everyone she's accomplished more with her life than virtually everyone who's making these stupid handmaidens tale references. Anyway, uh, join us, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, the Patriot Go Nowhere. I'll be right back. Ah!
1: Wearing a mask. It's not just about protecting yourself. It's about protecting the ones around you. Your loved ones. Your neighbors. Your community. Yes, it can be a little uncomfortable. And yes, it's a look we're not used to. But these are minor inconveniences that will have a major impact on overcoming COVID for the good of us all. So stay safe and mask up, Minnesota. Not just for you. For everyone around you. Brought to you by the State of Minnesota.
4: If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Genesis 950 with water breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can even be used in a carpet cleaning machine. And it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Before you purchase new carpets, you must try Genesis 950. It's made in America. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's a disinfectant that kills viruses. It can be used on surfaces and floors by mixing one-third Genesis 950 with two-thirds water. Apply to surface and clean with fresh water. It's great for floors, bathrooms, kitchens, garages, grease stains, wheels, tires, decreasing engines, and upholstery. It's available on Amazon. However, if you order a gallon direct at Genesis950.com, you'll receive a free spray bottle and discount using code SALEM. That's Genesis950.com. Genesis950.com. Code SALEM.
2: AM 1280 the Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651 289 4488 the number to call. You can also join me on hashtag Narn Show on Twitter. Either way, operators are standing by. Hey, don't forget, the Patriot Fan Club is your ticket to the good life. Well, at least vis-a-vis Salem Twin Cities. I mean, your way into all the contests, a leg up on all the great benefits. Just do it! AM12ATHPatriot.com. Sign up for the Freedom Fan Club.
0: To love
2: to have you join us there. Anyway, uh 651-289-448. I just said that, didn't I? Yeah, well, that's because I really love to hear from you folks. This is a talk show, not a listen show. Anyway. So the the oh, where, to, where to even start with this here, folks. The uh the Northern Alliance is uh we're talking about Amy Coney Barrett right now, and of course, uh, well, there we go here. This uh, we're talking especially about the the big lefts, uh, the lefty social media, uh, specious, intellectually vapid uh, connection of the Margaret Atwood book and the uh, the novel, I should say, and the. Uh, HBO miniseries, The Handmaid's Tale, with the notion that Amy Coney Barrett is somehow some sort of handmaiden of the patriarchy, notwithstanding the fact that uh, a, a patriarchy as manifested through her husband, who, according to her particular flavor of the Catholic faith, uh, the husband is the, the the head of the household, which causes uh, an awful lot of the left to cavort and, and yak about uh, in, in in mirth. Ignoring the fact that Amy Coney Barrett has uh, accomplished more with her life than, well, anyone criticizing her, anyone making The Handmaid's Tale reference. In fact, it's fair to say that, that many of the people making these references are themselves more like The Handmaids uh, than, than any of the people that they think they're lampooning. One one of many bits of social media that that accreted about the world yesterday uh, was uh, by a woman named uh, Vanessa Gregoriadis, who is prominent for some reason. One of those people who's on social media, famous for being famous, uh, an influencer. I'm sure she has some other job. I, I'm not going to look it up. I'm not. It's not worth the time at the moment. But she wrote on Twitter uh, yesterday. I guess one of the things I don't understand about Amy Coney Barrett is how a potential Supreme Court justice can also be a loving, present mom to seven kids. Is this like the Kardashians stuffing nannies in the closet and pretending they've drawn their own baths for their kids? And if there aren't enough hours in the day for her to work and mother those kids when she portrays herself as a home-centered Catholic, who puts family over career? Isn't she telling a lie? Which was responded to by, I just use the passive voice, uh, to which uh, a woman named Seung Min Kim, who's one of my favorite social media personalities of the day, a Korean woman, a Korean-American woman, writes, can someone help me do a clip search and find whether Antonin Scalia was asked whether he could be a proper father to nine children when he was nominated to the Supreme Court? I mean, the social media, and no doubt you've heard this. I mean, the, the two big... The, the two big social media memes, ergo the big social memes, against Amy Coney Barrett at this point are, number one, she's a reference to The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, she's going to be a tool of the patriarchy, uh, which seems to have done a really terrible job of keeping her down. Go figure. And beyond that, uh, the idea that the party that, discounts that diminishes that that piddles on the notion of parenthood is suddenly concerned about the capability of a highly accomplished mother of seven to actually raise her kids after a career of successfully very successfully doing both well it ties back as so many things do to Berg's Law Berg's Law of course one of the things that that, that really illustrate uh, one of the things that illustrates one of the most I don't know, let's just say ambi- ambiguously terrifying realities of modern life, that satire and reality have converged. Because Berg's Law in every case started out as a joke. Every single one of the 21 extant Berg's Laws started out as a joke. And as such, as satire reflect reality Better than journalism does. Berg's Eighth Law of Diversity, American liberalism's reaction to one of their constituents, women, gays, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, running for office or otherwise identifying as a conservative is indistinguishable from a sociopathic disorder. The longer this law exists, the more it is confirmed, the more it is affirmed, the more it is proven to be a law. A law, left the left's response to all women coming out as conservatives, just like all blacks, all gays, all Hispanics, is depraved, complete depraved. I should say, Vanessa gregoriadis's bobbleheaded question about whether a highly accomplished woman can also be a proper mother for seven kids isn't depraved it's just stupid the references by a bunch of social media bobbleheads who have accomplished uh, accomplished next to nothing in their lives compared to comey barrett to the notion that that to a specious uh, reference to a specious television series by people who have accomplished uh, less in their lives than, than Coney Barrett did before the age of twenty five. Is all is intellectually vacant. It's an evidence of ignorance at best and a sort of a invincibly aggressive stupidity at worst. But neither of those are evil per se. Depravity goes a little bit beyond that. And some of the reactions to Coney Barrett, like all conser- like reactions to all conservative women or women or blacks or Asians who who depart from the Democrat Party line, do venture well into the world of depravity. I, I hear this, by the way, I've heard this for years from my female friends in the world of conservative political blogging, heck, even neutral blogging about neutral subjects, but especially the conservative women. I mean, the reactions from the lunatic fringe that is ever closer to the mainstream of the progressive movement is completely depraved. By the way, Berg's eighth law, not the only one that applies, Berg's seventh law is fully in effect here whenever uh, a progressive issues a group defamation or attack on conservatives' ethics, character, humanity, or respect for liberty or the truth, they're at best projecting and at worst deflecting away from their own misdeeds. I mean, that's the big kahuna of Berg's laws, and you're seeing this as part of the last response to Amy Coney Barrett. This idea that, that that somehow she's less of a human, less of a woman, less of a person because of her beliefs, uh is example of, of that depravity and this idea that, that that she is some agent of oppression is pure projection these are people speaking on behalf of if not a party certainly a movement that is actively talking about subverting the intent the history and the constitutional role of the Supreme Court and the Senate and the Electoral College, either eliminating or subverting all of those roles in making representative government and federalism itself possible. You've heard it from Democrats all the way from Congress, all the way down to Ryan Winkler saying that if the Democrats win this upcoming election, they will have to start taking preventive measures to maintain their control and to cement the control of the popular majority over American electoral politics from the federal level on down, eliminating the Electoral College, democratizing further the Senate, and packing the Supreme Court by increasing the number of seats and jamming those seats full of progressives. I don't think they won't do it, or at least they don't think they won't try. It's one of the things that's at stake in this coming election here. And it's when when, when people like Amy Coney Barrett, among many other conservative women who have gone before her and been savaged by people who, as a general rule, aren't fit to fold these women's socks intellectually or really literally that you see what's at stake here. And it's not just conservative women. You talk with African-Americans who are running for office, including a couple of our good, our good friend, Diane Knapper, who's running for the Minnesota state Senate in district 63, uh, Patricia, Patricia Torres race, uh, seat, uh, the, the behavior of the left towards her, an African-American woman and, a, and, a, and as articulate and outspoken a conservative as you will find. And I hear the response, she and her husband, by the way, longtime friend of this show and my blog and myself personally, who, by the way, is white. The reactions they get from uh, progressives, and I put that term in in full scare quotes, is as depraved as can possibly be. I I have no words. 651-289-4488. Join us, won't you please? Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot.
4: You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your
0: computer
4: in a timely manner. The crews were very professional and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR. Go to JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com. Dad, guess what?
0: What? Join the Patriot Freedom Fan Club for prizes, contests, quizzes, and more. Plus, get exclusive access to pre-sale tickets to events. It's free to join. So visit am1280thepatriot.com today. AM
2: 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651 28944 Hey, don't forget, favorite Christian music out there in Fish Twin Cities. Also, don't forget, Tuesday night, full coverage of the first debates between uh, President Trump and uh, Vice President Joe Biden, former Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, if it happens. I mean <laughs> that's that's the big question right now. Is is Biden gonna make it to the debate? Is he gonna duck it? Is his mental state going to support him actually getting through a debate with Donald Trump? A a a president, a candidate whose debate style vexed me four years ago, actually led me to dismiss him quite frankly, but clearly it worked i mean the debates were what caused trump to take off in many ways 4 years ago and we shall see i mean he when uh, when when somebody like a donald trump is able to defeat the likes of ted cruz marco rubio scott walker in a debate people who are very capable politicians excellent legislators it's uh, You know you're you're dealing with something that is kind of outside, well, certainly my Ken, anyway. So Amy Coney Barrett's the nominee. I will say this. I'm, I'm excited that we're getting a chance to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg with a conservative. I have heard, first of all, stellar things about her as a jurist, as a legal scholar, as a conservative, as a human being. For the most part, I have some friends who are more on the libertarian side of Uh, politics who are concerned that some of her pro-government has in to the extent of government can do no wrong rulings are a little excessively authoritarian by their I'm I'm going to be looking for some context on that. And while looking for that context, I will emphasize that I don't know that there is any way that Amy Coney Barrett could be more pro-bureaucratic state than Ruth Bader Ginsburg was. And so while I want to see someone who is certainly a small L libertarian in this seat, and Coney Barrett may not be it, at least judging by some of her opinions, I want to be more familiar with those opinions before I pass any judgment, which is not to say that my judgment makes that much difference. I'm not a senator, and... Let's just to be clear on this, (laughs) uh, she'll be a a better alternative than, well, what we just had. Again, all due respect to uh, the late Justice Ginsburg, but that's why a lot of us who are Trump skeptics voted for Trump in the first place, is that we are, uh, (laughs) we wanted, even those of us like myself and Dennis Prager, who were deep Trump skeptics, figured if we got Three good Supreme Court justices. Well, if we got two good Supreme Court justices in four years, we'd be thrilled. Three, I feel like I hit the jackpot in Vegas, or or did I? Uh, again, David Harsanyi. Was the Trump presidency worth it for conservatives? History will tell. Uh, will help Trump win in 2020? I'm no prognosticator, says Harsanyi, but uh, politics has to be about more than just situating the party to be the for the next big win. Uh, Neil Gorsuch has turned out to be a person of sufficient ethics that he can't be necessarily called a completely reliable conservative. On the other hand, he's better again than the alternatives. The uh, most of the alternatives, Amy Coney Barrett, by the way. While I dislike the notion of litmus tests in politics, I am—I uh, will double back on my own reasoning here. So I do—I do regard Second Amendment uh, opinions. And legislation, in the case of legislators, as a bit of a litmus test for a better word, in that, or lack of a better word, in that they are a reliable uh, indicator of how a candidate will vote or a judge will rule on other liberties issues. Much more reliable than the First Amendment. I mean, it's easy for a candidate and judge to rationalize being pro-First Amendment but anti-Second Amendment. I mean, Ryan Winkler would probably call himself... Pro First Amendment, who cares? He's weak to non existent on so and so many like him are weak to non existent on many other rights. On the other hand, you will look long and hard to find a Second Amendment advocate in any significant position who isn't also strong on the first, the fourth, the ninth, the tenth, the fourteenth amendments as well. And that's important to me. Uh, we'll see. I, I'm going to be talking more about Amy Coney, Coney Barrett in, uh, in coming weeks here. 651-289-4488. Let's go to the phones in St. Louis Park. Conrad, you're on the Northern Alliance, live and on the air. Go right ahead.
6: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me okay? I'm on a Bluetooth.
2: I can. Yes, go right ahead.
6: So I know I'm going to sound a little paranoid, which is I'm a Jew. Uh, when societies start to go bad, Things often go bad for Jews. My mother was a Holocaust survivor. So I'm I'm paying a lot of attention the last numbers of years. I spent the morning listening to Thomas Sowell in an interview going back to when uh, Barack Obama was president before the 2010 election, saying that he felt that election was, you know, so important and critical and that they were working to fundamentally change things. And it feels like we're kind of almost coming to a culmination. So here's the question. I feel like Election Day is like a like a like a turning point, Dave. And I feel like, almost like the president is even, I don't know how to put it, like, I, I feel very paranoid that everything is being set up to create complete chaos with rioting and whatnot around the uncertainty of the election, the unhappiness of the divided electorate. And I'm questioning that that could lead to something like martial law, which then leads to all kinds of suspensions of liberties and things, and then coming out the other side is a question of how that all comes out. That's one thought. The other question is, when did they finally make a determination that these things going on in our cities uh, are not just riots, but they're actual insurrections? We actually have an organization uh, that is essentially um, trying to undermine the current government of the United States, which to me is a traitorous act. Yep. Um, I am and down to I, a minute we, here, we Conrad. Don't, we don't hear those conversations. We don't. We hear don't. Any of that.
2: You're absolutely right, Conrad. And by the way, I, I'm down to a minute here, so I'm going to have to to, to uh, say thank you for your call. By the way, it's an excellent call, and a couple of excellent questions that deserve more than the 40 seconds I have. Uh, if you feel that this uh, that this election is an inflection point, uh, a tipping point, perhaps uh, between light and darkness, you're you're not wrong, and and your what you call paranoia is a natural reaction from people who don't trust their institutions to do the right thing. Something that's endemic, understandably endemic among Jewish uh, people of all nations. Uh, We get that. And something that's becoming more of an issue with all Americans. We don't trust our media. We don't trust our law enforcement. We don't trust the city of Minneapolis to keep law and order. In fact, we don't trust them not to call us racists for asking for it. So, yeah, it's... Is it, if it's paranoia, well, it might be the kind of paranoia that comes from perfect awareness. As to, uh, as to the second question, oh, where do we start? We've been talking about this for a long time, and we're going to continue talking about it between now and the election, and likely after it, as long as we can. Northern Alliance, oh, when, when do we deter Deter this? What's going on? Oh, we'll come back to that in the next hour. Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The
0: Patriot. Go nowhere. Be right back is the united states of america part of god's great plan for the world now a new documentary trump 2024 the world after trump takes a look at what the world could look like in 2024 with or without president trump trump 2024 features interviews with franklin graham mike huckabee dennis prager and eric metaxas Watch Trump 2024, The World After Trump on SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com, Trump 2024. Stream it today at SalemNow.com.
3: personalities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Their technique is so advanced that their results are guaranteed in writing and their prices are the best in the business. If you have hair loss, don't put this off another day. Contact ineedmorehair.com at their office in Egan for your free consultation. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Today is the day to get a permanent solution to your hair loss at ineedmorehair.com.
1: Are you tired of bouncing over your sunken apron into your garage, shoveling snow off an uneven driveway, or stubbing your toe on your uneven sidewalk? Hi, I'm John Lamore, owner of Expert Concrete Raising. We can fix your settled concrete with a more permanent solution than mudjacking. Expert Concrete Raising uses a high-density polyurethane foam. It doesn't deteriorate, shrink, or wash away over time. Get it done right the first time. For a free estimate, contact the second-generation concrete raising business at expertconcreteraising.com. That's expertconcreteraising.com.